What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And I am delighted to be joined by the leading man at Cage Warriors, Graham Boylan, as we prepare for Cage Warriors 153 uh, in Dublin, coming up here next Saturday night. Um, Graham, I really appreciate you, you joining me today. How, how, how big is it for you, your home country, the biggest arena in your home country, to be getting prepared for it now only only a week out to put on this massive car? It must be a, a real kick for you. It's uh, it's nice to bring the show back um, to Ireland. It always is. Sean, it was my intention to have Cage Wars in Ireland from the day I took over in 2010. So to bring it back again, with uh, and to bring it back with such a monumental fight, I mean, Reese McKee versus Jimmy Wallhead, main main head head fight at the Three Arena is um, as a fan of the sport. You know, we do a lot of fights, we do a lot of shows, um, and I can probably count on on one hand how many how many of those that really excel into iconic, like this one's going to be remembered for the ages. It's, it's Reese McKee and Jimmy Wallhead. It's just monumental. So to bring that back and have it as um, a, a main event on the three arena is just, it's exciting, man. I'm flying in from the States Tuesday. So um, I'll stop in London quickly and then pop over. I was just talking to, to Oban Elliot literally five minutes ago before we did this and I was asking him about like okay the main event you if you win you might be fighting the person there and he was like well I probably won't because if Reese wins he'd be after the UFC and Jimmy might retire and I was thinking about that just in the last five minutes it's it's a real like it's a real meaningful fight for both of them because they've reached this kind of their arc in their career both of them and for Jimmy, it's it's almost the pressure is off, and he can go in there and do everything he wants to do. And for Reese, the pressure is really on because he knows this could be his ticket to the UFC. How do you how do you see that fight? How do you see that kind of playing out between both of them? It's it's a unique fight in that way, isn't it? It is. It's super unique. It's like you've got a you've got a guy who's been there, who's done it, who's been there since the inception of the sport, practically. And he's still fighting, and it's fucking mesmerizing and fascinating to see Jimmy still going and still knocking young lions out. It's fucking crazy. And then on the flip side of that, you have Reese wanting to get back to the UFC, which, you know, all signs show that that's highly, highly possible. And, you know, it's it's all to play for on April 29th. And... Like I said, we're lucky. The fans are lucky. The European fans are lucky who know the scene, who know Cage Warriors, who know the fighters. We're lucky as a team who put these shows on. And, and you, the journalists, you know, the, the, the MMA clubs, anyone in Europe who knows this scene, we're fucking spoiled with this fight. This fight is like something that every team needs to fall into place for a fight like this to happen. And then for it to happen at the three arena with the timing, it's just fucking nuts. How... How big is this for you? So, uh, he was uh, speaking to, to Andrew McGann the other day over at Severe Men. He was kind of saying, I had my first fight ever uh, against John Redmond in the three arena debut. And where, you know, uh, there was pressure on that because he was moving up two weight classes and everything. And now he's main eventing in the three arena as well. For Reese, a guy like, in the past, he has really risen to the occasion and a lot of his fights and looks smooth and good. Like, with all the pressure on the world, it must be 
it must be a really tough position for Reese because like I think I think he's the favorite coming in here a lot of people are expecting him to win and go to the UFC can you I don't know if you've spoken to Reese but what, what's his mindset like coming into this um Reese Reese is is not the young dog um that we think he is in terms of experience he's been around the block you know he's got the experience so Reese rises to the occasion. He's that type of fighter. Some guys might choke on the big fights. Reese is the opposite. Reese rises. So the bigger the fight, the better Reese McKee is going to turn up. So that's why this fight on paper and with both characters just formulates a fight that everybody is spoiled and have it. It's something that we probably shouldn't be getting because you've got a guy who rises to the occasion in terms of the bigger the fight, the bigger the challenge the better version of him turns up. And then you've got another guy who just is there knocking people out. You know, Jimmy is just knocking guys out and he's still there doing it. I mean, we're putting the two of these guys together. And like I said, it's a monumental fight because, you know, all signs probably say that Jimmy's probably going to hang it up after this. But, you know, you never know. You never know. Never say never, right? And, you know, all signs probably point that Reese is probably one step closer to signing with the UFC after this. So it's, um, I don't think the pressure thing is on Reese. I, th- I think all everything says pressure's on him, but he's a guy that kind of rises to that. So um, I wouldn't say it's going to play an outcome in his mindset now. When this card was announced and we saw the arena, obviously, you know, it's if it's not the biggest arena cage, whereas do it's it's definitely up there anyway. I think a lot of people thought it would be like stacked with maybe two or three different title uh, title fights on it. Was that your mindset going in? Was that something you were trying to were, were trying to do? And uh, matchmakers always give out to me because it's like it's it's very easy for me to matchmake. It's a lot harder for yourself and Ian Dean to do it. Is is that what you wanted to do? Did you want to stack the card like that, or is this what you kind of always planned? Um, we were planning on having like when we booked the show and we started scheduling out, you know, we had Reese there who was a belt holder. Uh, Paul Hughes is there who's a belt holder. You know, they, they could well have been the two top fights of the show, but Hughes got injured. Um, Reese is still here getting ready for this fight. So trying to put more title fights on could have been a possibility. Um, we were definitely looking to get two. Um, we got the one. Uh, you've also got to take all the moving parts into consideration that we have. You know, we do 16 to 18 shows in different territories, and we've now added California to that, where we're doing four here as well. So um, the roster gets a little stretched, and plus you add injuries in there, or you just add general life in there, guys taking holidays or guys getting married or guys, you know, starting families, buying a house. It, 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 all, it all comes into play in the moving parts and just getting a fight on. Um, you wouldn't believe. It's, it's actually something to, to admire, I believe, um, watching Ian um, juggle, juggle all this and actually try and get this on with all the moving parts to make it happen. So, you know, there's a world title fight. There's an Irish guy headlining the three arena in Dublin. Um, and we've got, you know, it's an interim unification as well. So we're excited about what we have. Yeah, we would have liked to have another title fight on there for the fans. But, you know, I don't think it gets any bigger than Reese McKee and Jimmy Wallet. And mm-hmm. even with using the card, 
you know, probably an, an extra few bombs and seeds, but I think all eyes would have been on this fight anyway. What's the update with Paul Hughes? You, you said he was injured, and obviously, you know, that was kind of the rumour, I suppose, gone out, but there was that performance he gave against Jordan Vujinic, like, in my opinion, it was the greatest performance I've ever seen in Cage Warriors, maybe. If not that, it was top five without a shadow of a doubt. And everyone thought he was going to the UFC. It feels like the UFC signings have kind of slowed down an awful lot over the last while. It, do you, what do you think is next for Paul Hughes? Do you think it will be UFC next for him, or do you think he's going to have another fight in Cage Warriors? I think it's, I think it's a patience thing for Paul. You know, there's no doubt he's got the skill and the talent to be in the UFC. There is no no doubt about it. It's there. The talent is there. You know, he got caught up in a love triangle with Morgan Cherrier and Jordan Vichenik where, you know, controversial decisions, close decisions, close fights, and, and the three of them went around in a little bit of a triangle there. And they've all hit um, a run of decisions on the record. You know, and I think that's probably what's slowing the process down. You know, Paul's last, you know, his last four or five wins are decisions. And I think that that's, if you were to pinpoint why he's not in the UFC right now, is because there's probably, you look at his record and it's five decisions, they're not finishes. And, you know, the biggest promotion in the world want finishers. They want guys that finish fights. But in his defense, in Jordan's defense, in Morgan's defense, these are three guys who weren't fighting any bombs. These are three guys who were top of the division, top of Europe. You're talking a fucking, you know, this is a row of killers, you know, and it's hard to get finishes against guys of this caliber. That 145-point division in Cage Warriors is absolutely fucking stacked. And to go in there and get a finish, tricky situation. Um, so I think that's probably my guess on why um, he's not been signed yet. And it was an amazing performance against Jordan. But again, it's another decision. Um, and from my knowledge, the UFC won finishers. You know, so it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a 50-50 thing. It's, it's a tough argument when you've got, a, you've got three guys. Like I said, this is not just Paul. This is Jordan and Morgan as well. You've got three guys who belong, in my eyes, they belong in the UFC. But the three of them are so talented and they're so fucking good. They've cancelled each other out. They've all taken each other two decisions, which has put, you know, three or four decisions on all, on all, on all the records. So they've got a I believe, I believe Paul needs to go have a fight and needs to deliver a finish to actually cement that look. I'm a finisher. And, he, and up until that love triangle of the three of them happened, you know, Paul was finishing fights. But could, then we, we hit that level and logged mm-hmm. the decisions. Could that be in the Dublin card later on in the year, or do you think that'll be a, li- a little bit earlier than that? The Paul. That, that comes down. That comes down to Hughes. You know, he, he's he's injured. I have no idea where his rehab is or where he is in in the in that road to recovery. Um, but he's a Cage Warriors champion. He's contracted the Cage Warriors, so he's got he's got a defense left on, on that belt. Um, so we just got to figure out when he's good to go and when he can let us know that, you know, Ian Dean can start looking for someone for him to to dance with as such. And if that timing is Ireland, it's Ireland. If it's if it's not Ireland, then it's it's wherever that timing works when he tells us he's ready to get back in. 
you said about the, the featherweight division being so stacked, and it was one of the questions I had to ask you because, like, you, let's say Paul gets signed to the UFC yeah. tomorrow, you have uh, Morgan, you have Vucinic, but then you have Tobias Rilla versus Ryan Shelley on this. And like Tobias is always around there. If Ryan Shelley beats Tobias Cirilla, it's hard to say he's not ready for a title shot or not ready to be in that contention. Do you have any idea what you think, how it might line up or how it might line up even uh, as a number one contender fight if Hughes uh, decides to uh, decides to stay and decides to have another fight in cage or, or has to, to do it and not get signed to UFC? Well, um, we, we, try, we, we try not to jump ahead of ourselves. Um, like Ian, Ian, Ian will kind of plan and, and jump ahead in a couple of events and try and strategize these things out but I'm always the one jumping in and going dude we don't know what the fuck's going to happen we don't know who's going to who's going to jump out who's going to get signed who's going to get injured who's not going to be a bit, you know it's. It, I think you just you can end up wasting a lot of time on what ifs and due to the amount of fights that we have to put on um, to run the schedule that we do we kind of need to stay away from what ifs and, and just work on what are the guarantees there? Who's ready? Who's now come up with wins? You know, um, certainly Shelley steps into contender talks 100%. You know, if, if he can, if he can get back, if he can get by Tobias, that that's a good sign, you know? And then if Tobias picks up another win, that puts Tobias back in there too. So there's a lot going on. Um, with the second half of the year, based off this fight card on April 29th on the Cage Warriors kind of rankings and who who goes where and who's doing what. As an Irishman, how is important is it for you to kind of to, to be in this battle for Ireland that we have at the moment, kind of, obviously you're in a big card in the tree arena, PFL have a card, Bellator have a couple of cards every year, and I was just looking at the tickets, and a lot of tickets have been sold here uh, in the last week, and I know the, the, the top section isn't open, but like, is that is that a thought here as we kind of get into fight week, you know, with, with not that many tickets left that you could open it and sell more, like, I, I know it's been very, very hard for, for everyone around the time now to sell tickets and stuff, and it's, it's never easy, but it feels like the MMA fan base is in Ireland is absolutely fervent and it seems like everyone that comes here they are selling a lot of tickets and what's the situation are you happy with the ticket sales at the moment are you happy with the position you are and obviously you've booked uh, another date for later in the year so you must be confident of winning that battle but that battle I suppose with PFL with Bellator is, is that something you think about is that a big thing for you is that do you do you want to get kind of the upper hand on that um okay so to, to address the, the battle between promotions, um, you know, I, I'm a year from 50 now, Sean. <laughs> Where I've been doing this nearly fucking 16 years. Um, 10 years ago, I would fight like crazy and be so fucking competitive with any motherfucker that would step in my way. Literally, I, I would just go for the jogger and just go for any little thing that would give us the upper hand. Being in this seat and being the president of an organization and the CEO of an organization that I've been here for nearly 10 years, guiding the ship as such, we don't need to try and win battles against the other organizations stepping into territories. You know, we, we, have our, we have our place in the hierarchy system in the sport and you know, uh, the, the shows that you've mentioned, um, they're off on a tangent to try and be the biggest and the best and 
they're firing millions and may I also add losing absolutely millions and for us it's just not where we sit you know um, we develop and I've said this over and over again and more recently I've been more vocal about it I consider cage warriors as the draft of this sport you know this sport is a 30 year old sport you know um, premiership football teams have academies where they scout out talent um, the NFL the NBA there's a draft every year where the best come true and they get picked and they go on to the biggest league in the world I consider Cage Warriors to be that because there's there's a there's a there's a playoff between fighters and promotions and pay you know Cage Warriors is not the richest um, and financially equipped company in the world, but it gets by. And what we do in return for the fighters on our roster is we blow them up and we give them that exposure and we give them that marketing machine to prove who they are, um, to get them to bigger things. And, and we know that and we never compete with anybody above us on that because we know our place in the food chain. We know where we sit in the ecosystem. We are the developer of the draft. We we will give there's no there's no jump from here from community hall shows to shows that run with kind of no medicals, fuck all happening where there's guys making pro debuts, right up to the biggest show in the world. There's nothing in between. There's nothing in between. So some guys are going from zero up to step hundred. They're not going to step 20, 30, 40, 50. They're not slowly getting up there. And that's why some guys who do go from those little shows who become ticket sellers and they go 10 and 0 and go to the biggest show in the world end up having one fight, two fights there and they're into that revolving door and they're out. They never end up staying there. It's the guys that we develop through the draft, the guys that actually take the road to get there are the ones that become the stars. So um, there's no battle on our side with anybody. We're in a very comfortable position. We have a huge roster. We have a 200 plus roster. Um, the best talent in Europe, I believe, is with us. The, this, the ones who are serious about getting to where they want to get. Um, and I, I honestly, honestly believe that the guys who are not with us, they're the guys that want to make money. They're the guys that want to actually put money over their career. They're, they're like, well, I want the money now. We know in life, nothing in life that comes quick is worth having. That money's going to go. You know, your, your status and who you are and where you fought is going to be with you forever. So we we'll come to where we are. We're not in any competition with anybody um, around us. And um, our roster is strong. So we'll keep chugging along. We'll keep moving the train like we did for the uh, have done and still are doing since, uh, since I started leading that ship. So yeah, we're happy where we are, Sean. I, and I appreciate that answer, to be honest, because I think it's a very honest answer. I asked Scott Coker a similar thing, and he just refused to answer me. So I appreciate your answer, you. And like, I, I yeah. think it's it's fair enough too, because like, look, I, I, we spoke to Artem there recently. We spoke to Lewis Long, and they were kind of critical. Like, I fought for a lot of years and not for a, for a lot of money. But like, 
do you find it harder now to sign fighters because of that? Because like Bellator might come in and offer them five grand to you know to, to fight in their debut or PFL. Is, is it is it getting a little bit harder? Because there is a certain amount of uh, there are a certain amount of fighters that years ago, like Cage Warriors, was the only place and they'd go there and they'd get a great opportunity. But now, like I even saw some lads before, and it happened to a lot of Irish lads, and even at the moment with Kombatia signing a lot of the women, they're putting them in there against their best fighters when they're two fights in and they're like half ruining their careers and some sign for Brave and they're putting them in there against their, their best fighters whereas like you know you hand them over to Ian Dean you know it's going to be done right you know and, and yourself is, is are you finding it tougher for those people with maybe someone in their ears telling them look you're going to get five grand you're going to get seven grand ten grand to fight here why would you fight in cage warriors when you're not going to get as much is that is that a tough part for you aside from the competition and all that the actual fighters themselves yeah it's um it, it, it just it, your point just now and that question just now kind of just confirms um, what I've said uh, five minutes ago. The ones who are serious and the ones who believe they're going to be the best in the world and the ones who want that um, forever tag of I got to the top, I did the best I could. It's like an athlete getting to the Olympics, you know. Um, They're the ones that will come to Cage Warriors. We don't, we, we don't have to compete um, when it comes to fighters signing with Cage Warriors. Just look at our roster. Our roster is 200 plus of the best talent in Europe. None of them chose money over Cage Warriors. None of them chose to go to other organizations throwing money around because they know going to those other organizations means it's a short career. You're going to have maybe 18 months. Yeah. You might pick up five and five. You might pick up 10 grand. You might end up getting 30 grand. You might get two wins and then you might go fucking four losses. You know, but you sold your dream. You've sold your dream for a very small amount of money. And what you've done is you've put a ceiling on yourself. And that ceiling is basically you said to yourself is, I'm just going to get what I can out of this now. I know I'm not going to get to the top. So I'm going to take this route. And, and that's what we're dealing with. And for us, it's, it's neither here nor there, you know, because if you look at the guys who are signing with us and you look at anybody going anywhere else, the guys signing with us are the ones that want to get to the top. And it's, you know, you, you, can, you can sugarcoat it and you can talk all sorts of ups and downs and you can attack me and you can attack Cage Warriors and you can say everything you want, but the facts are the facts, you know? Um, the guys taking the money now are getting buried. They're, they're not being developed. They're just getting fucking buried. And they're signing their career. They're putting it down the toilet. And we could probably put a whole show together on this. And sp- you could spend an hour, we could spend an hour, and we could probably put 20 or 30 names together in the past 18, to t- 18 months to two years and show you the actual names of who's been, who's been buried, who's now got a, a journeyman career who's now never going to make it to the top. And in five or six years' time, when they're finished fighting, they've got to live with those demons. They've got to live with, you know, I took money over thinking I could get to the top, or I took money over, you know, I didn't really push to see if I could get to the top. They took, they took the short cash. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, P- people, have different, people have different goals and people are in different places and different times of their life. You know, some of them may need the money. You know, some of them probably like, I've got to take the money because I can't afford to fight for whatever I'm fighting for. If I want to take the road to get to the top, 
it is what it is. You know, that's life, you know. Some, it'll be financially <clears throat> dependent on what they're doing, which role they take. Others, they choose to take that role because they know they're not going up to the other role, you know. Um, and then some, it just could be, you know, just wrong advice. And there's not, there's not much you can do about that. But it, it's, a, it's a very fluid situation. Um, and it's, um, I guess it's, a, it's partly when you break it all down, it's partly good as well because, you know, some guys may be getting the cash and they're probably never going to get to where they wanted to go or think they could have got anyway. So, you know, you're getting paid. Take the fucking money. You know, and we're quite honest with that. Some guys come to us and we just say to them, look, you know, we probably think it's best you go and fight over there because you're going to get some cash and some of the guys in our division are going to fucking eat you up. And, and that's fact. We've said that to some guys. Some guys have come to us and said, oh, we've got an offer from wherever. And we'd reply to them and say, take the offer. The guys in our division will fucking chew you up. You won't get, you won't even get to the belt. You know? Is, um, is that becoming less and less of a fight now? Like, I know there was, there was a few, obviously a few uh, people who wanted to go and wanted to maybe go for, to BFL and wanted to go to Bellator and you, you know, really tried to keep them in cage warriors. Is that something now you're kind of saying, well, if you want to go off, you go kind of a thing. Is that becoming more like that for you? Um, so we have two things. When people come to us and they want to sign with us, if we make an agreement with you and we're building you and we've signed an agreement for X amount of fights or we've signed an agreement for X amount of time and we get halfway through that and you're now, your career is now changed and turned on its head and you're fucking, everyone's talking about you you're going to fucking finish the deal because we've done our job. So if we make a handshake with you and we sign contracts with you, that's it. We're in till the end of that day. And, you know, somebody coming along to you and offering you money to go elsewhere because of the shine we've put on you and because of the reward of the work you've put in, you put them together, you've now got attention from other people. You don't get to tell us fuck off. So fair enough, it, it's quite yeah. simple. You know, if, if we sign a deal and we commit to you, you're fucking committing to us too. And that's life. You know, you don't sign a, a finance contract to buy a car or take a phone out and then fucking three months in say, Oh, I want to get the car back. No, or, here's the phone. I'm out of here. Well, hang on a minute. You just use that fucking car and you use the phone to talk to the world. So, um, yeah. Um, it's not a case of if somebody comes to us and they want to go somewhere else. <clears throat> off you go. Um, if, if, if we have contracts with you and you sign contracts with us and you've come to us, to help you out, then finish the fucking deal. Be a man, be a grown up, and finish what we committed together. That that's where we stand on that. But we we don't actively go out and try and get guys to come to us over other organizations. You know, you'd be surprised. You'd be fucking blown away. Actually, how many people come to us to want to fight on Cage Warriors rather than us going to convince anyone to come and fight with us. Last couple of things, and I, I really appreciate the time, Graham. Um, George Hardwick, any, any update? I know he only fought uh, last week, and <coughs> what a performance, because I, I, I watched a good bit of uh, Jan Lees coming up to that, and I was like, that's a tough fight, and he made it look easy. Is it going to be the UFC next for George? I know they had just announced a uh, July card. Do you do expect him to fight in Cage Warriors again? George is a fucking stud, huh? Beast, yeah. His, his man, his, just his striking and his fight IQ... Um, the way he just took like in, in that that opening round, the way he just moved and took everything in and sized up, 
and watched and moved and calculated. And then when it was his time, he just went and finished and finished that fight. That that George is a finisher, you know. Um, and George could have been in the UFC uh, six months ago. He turned it down. Um, he turned it down because he, you know, there was maybe more fights, maybe didn't feel ready. Um, but he turned it down. He had an offer. Um, and I, we're going to have that conversation again. Um, whether it's immediate, whether it's a couple of months, whether we need to do one more, um, it's a conversation that we need to have. But, um, yeah, there's only one place he's going, man. He's, he's just, the guy is a very talent, talented, talented athlete. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to see where he goes and he can dance. Yeah. It's going to be hard. <laughs> Honestly, I, Some guys get it all, Sean. Some do. guys get fucking get it all, man. They can move, they can dance, they can fight. If, if the fucker can sing now, we're all fucked. I, I, I started calling him the king of Middlesbrough, so I think, he needs, <laughs> I think he'll get that too. Come here. In cage interviews, why yeah. the cage warriors? I know the cage warriors probably stopped doing it because of the pandemic, but surely it's time to bring them back. I think it's what I'm watching at home. It's one of the frustrating, most frustrating. Cage warriors do such a great job. The commentary is brilliant. The production is brilliant. The fight pacing is brilliant. The in cage interviews. Can you explain the, the thought process but behind not having them anymore? Yeah, it, it all comes down. It all comes down to timing, Sean. Sometimes you know, and to <clears throat> touch on a few things. Um, in the in in the sport, there are a ton of people in the sport who write about this sport every day, and they podcast about this sport. And there's managers and there's coaches, but there's still so much involved and moving parts in this sport that all the experts in all different sectors and all different moving parts don't know about. And when you run a live broadcast. When you do live TV, everything is done on the button. Everything happens on the fly. There's only so much you can plan, okay? And when you've got sometimes a two-hour broadcast, sometimes a two-and-a-half-hour broadcast, and then you got to look at the team that's in place, you got to look at the fights that are on that card, you've got to then run off the fact of, are these fights all going a distance? Are these all fights finishing quick? It all comes down to timing. And some on some shows, you have the timing to do the interviews, but you don't have a person cage side uh, to put in 40 interviews. And on other shows, you have the person cage side that can handle the interviews, but you don't have the time because all the fights are going to distance and you got to get the fuck off the air. You know, Every broadcast you do requires satellite time. You got to buy that satellite time. And that satellite time is purchased, you know, by the 15 minute block or 30 minute block, whichever you're dealing with. So it all comes down to do we work to get as many fights in as we can to keep the roster busy? Or do we start dropping fights and dropping fighters to post fight interviews in? What would you rather? I don't necessarily buy that, to be honest. No, come on, you, you, everyone does it. You did it for years. UFC do it. It's on Fight Pass, like it's. And, and we've got to a point where we would rather use the airtime to get the fights on. So, if, if you decide to put on an extra fight, you have to, 
you used to pay extra money to fight past to get on it. But are you talking about other places? No, fight past. No, see, this, this, this is where well, fair enough, this, maybe yeah. we should do another show on how it all works. <laughs> I actually would love, to, I'd love to do that. If you're yeah. up for that, I'm 100%. Maybe, maybe we should do another show on how all this fucking works because <laughs> every time I talk with somebody, nobody fucking seems to know how this works. You buy a block, you buy a block of satellite time. This is nothing to do with fight pass, by the way. This is absolutely jack shit to do with fight pass. Yeah. This is a satellite truck that you hire that you bring into the venue. That satellite truck will beam up to your city satellite that you also hire, which will then go out to all the broadcasters. Okay? Now, that time needs to be purchased. When that time is purchased, you then got to sit down and go, we got to extend, we got to extend. I've been in situations where I've been on the phone trying to get extensions because fights have been going the distance. There are times when we put the fights on where it's a case of, okay, Let's bring somebody in to do post-fight interviews because, you know, these fights could all finish in the first round. We're going to have to fucking get somebody in here to fucking fill time. doesn't work like that, you know? Now, this is a combination of all this together, you know? We want to bring them back, but we're putting, I think we've got 17 fights on the roster on April um, 29th at the Free Arena, okay? Do I... Do, do I chop fights to put in post-fight interviews? Or if you take all the post-fight interviews for a main card, that's a fight. That's two guys getting a fight. I'd sell for the main event. Just Can we just have the main event? I well, if the ma- okay, here we go. If the main event finishes before we're off air... I'll put someone in. I'll do the fucking interview myself for you. I'll go in there. Give, okay. me, give me a microphone. <laughs> I'll do it for, for free. No matter. <laughs> in, in, in all seriousness, we, we this comment, this happened a long time ago. It's like, we do, if you do the maths on our roster on how many guys we have signed and then you look at how many fights we put on per show and how many shows we have to do per year and then you stick in VTs, you stick in walkouts, you stick in, uh, well, you can stick in, but they're already in. You put in the time at the cage where the guys have to get checked, uh, vazzed up and put in. You put in the announcements. Dude, you start counting those twos and three minutes of sections and you put five fights in there, you're already running over if you hit the four decisions. And then you got a world title fight with 25 minutes at the end of it. You know, and, and it's like, it's fine for you to say, oh, I don't buy that, that's bullshit. Do the fucking maths, man. Do the maths because that's the one thing that everybody misses. And it's the one thing that if we put a post-fight interview after every fighter on the main card, that's two fighters and one fight less. Two fighters don't get a fight and one fight less per show. We do 16 shows, that's 16. That's 32 guys don't get one fight that year. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I, I just miss him. I, lo- I, I think it's, you know. I understand. You know, I get if Reese wins at the weekend, it'd be a shame not to. I, but I, I understand. Uh, last thing, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate all, all the honesty. Um, Paddy Pimblet, you know, Paddy had, it's been a mad few months, I suppose. We had, obviously, the very close fight with Jared Gard and all the controversy over the judging, the injury, the mad stuff with Ariel, which you were kind of dragged into as well, I suppose, a little bit. Can you give your thoughts just on that, how Paddy is at the moment and what's the future looking for him? Um, so his ankle injury was a lot more serious um, than originally thought. 
Um, he's had all the ligaments restructured. He's in a boot, still in a boot. Um, and he'll probably be, be in a boot for another four or five weeks. He'll have a lot of rehab um, to do. So we're probably looking at maybe the last quarter of the year, um, all pending, all pending on the rehab situation on that ankle. Um, you know, he, he's a, and he's 20 fucking seven, man. He's 27. You know, everybody is jumping on him. Everybody's on his shoulders. Everybody is like whinging at all sorts of bullshit in his direction. He's a 27 year old fucking kid. He's got the world at his feet and he's got plenty time. You know, he can still be fighting in five years from now. The rush on Patty in, you know, fighting a top 10 or fighting this person or fighting that person. He's got all the time in the world, you know, and we, we just need to get over a, this injury in the rehab and make sure that he's good and healthy, get him back training. And we're probably looking at the third quarter, fingers crossed, all goes well. We're probably looking at the third quarter of this year, providing everything lines up um, and he's good and healthy. But long term, he's 27. There ain't no fucking rush with Paddy. And, you know, we make all the right steps with Paddy um, in constant communication. And, you know, I think he's got a, a huge bright future. I don't believe he needs to be rushed. You know, at 27 years of age, when you had the amount of fights that he's, he's had, and he's got the amount of exposure that he has, you know, he, he'll be he'll be good. And we're looking forward to see where he comes. He's only going to get better, smarter, wiser, more experienced, you know. Um, world is his oyster, man. It's up to him what he does with it, and we're going to be here to help him. Do you think it's it's been really tough for him, like since he came to UFC? Because like, as someone who's been, you know been covering Cage Warriors for years, like he had us covering him, right? But he didn't have the world covering him, the world watching him, and every little mistake and everything that happens, or any bit of a you know he had he had many fights with many people in Cage Warriors, you know, both physically and verbally, and now it's just gone to a different stratosphere, and he's working with Barstool as well, which mm-hmm. takes it to another level. Is that a thing like you're in the background thinking like just this is something that needs to be kind of controlled a little bit in terms of like, it, it, and Paddy's t- talk about even his mental health and stuff before, like that stuff can easily get you, re- you know, really badly. And when you have an injury as well, it, mu- it must be really tough for him in the background just as a human himself. Yeah. You know, what human wouldn't be some way affected by all this? Okay. But he's a very, very mentally strong kid. Right, he's he's fucking mentally strong. That's the one thing that I'll give the baddie. He's he's got a mindset. He's mentally strong. Um, he's got a huge heart, and he's got a solid team around him to help him through all this. And you know, all the guys in next gen, he's very down to earth with all them. All the bullshit that happens, they just fucking laugh at him. You know, it, it's just you know, it's just noise. It's today's noise. Tomorrow it'll be gone and there'll be some other noise. And then that'll be gone and then there'll be some other noise. Yesterday's fucking chip paper. That's all this is. It doesn't matter what happens on the internet or who flares up what. We're in a society where everybody is just fighting to try and get some kind of spotlight. We'll do and say whatever the fuck they think is going to get them a headline or get them in the spotlight. And then the noise comes. And then you deal with the noise and then the noise goes away and then it starts again. 
that's that's social media, man. That's every motherfucker has an opinion. So that's what we've got with that in 2023. He's fine. He, 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 it's a challenging time because he's because he's injured and he's frustrated. But other than that, he's good. He's mentally strong, and all this this noise and this social media crap it doesn't affect him. It's, it's all good. All right, I, I leave it there, Graham. I, I really appreciate the, the time. Unless you have any breaking news or any fights or anything to, to announce for us, we leave it there. But yeah, actually, actually, last thing, Shauna Bannon. There was talks of her being on the card. I believe she's injured now. Is that correct? She's not going to be on the card is in Dublin. Is that correct? Yeah, there was talks. There was talks of putting her on in the Dublin card. Um, I believe we were looking at what was available for her, and there were conversations happening that it could have happened. Um, but it didn't transpire. So um, I'm not sure if she's injured. That's that's news to me if she is injured. Um, but yeah, um, there was talks. We did have conversations and we were looking at possibilities, but it, it didn't come to fruition. So yeah, but yeah, we're looking we're looking forward to coming back. Like I said, I'll be I'll be flying on Tuesday. Um, we we'll get this show done, and you know, let Cage let let, let Ireland see Cage Warriors again. It's been it's been a time, you know. The the Belfast show was absolutely fucking amazing, um, and I'd imagine we're going to have a very similar atmosphere. Um, Saturday next Saturday night, hundred percent. I can't wait for. And when I always say, you look back at at all the cards and you see someone who's one and all or someone who's two and all, and next thing they're in the UFC five years later, and you know, I, I even even myself, I saw Solomon Simon when he was, I think it was his second amateur fight, and now he's fighting in cage warriors. What's to say he won't be fighting yeah. in the UFC in a few years? And I think for people, you know, not not to not to try to promote the card right here, but for people, you know, it's fifty quid for a ticket. They're very you know very reasonable. Go and see it, and you could see a star in the future. And I do think that's what what Cage Warriors offer. And I, I would uh, I would always tell uh, someone to go to it if they're in the vicinity, or obviously watching on, on UFC Fight Pass as well. It's a, it's going to be a great night of fights. Graham, I really appreciate yeah. the time. Thank you very much, and I'll uh, I'll see you next Saturday.